Hey, Money Grows on Trees family. It is, of course, producer Phil here. Just going to give you a quick recap of what was going on in last episode. In last episode, we learned more about Lloyd's dad, how he crushed the industry average, which was about 0.8 by getting 100 policies signed in a week, just over that. He, uh, We learned how uh, he was part of this competition between his company and National Mutual for insurance policies, becoming the number one in Australia. And, of course, you learned a bit about how he became a self-made millionaire by having his two great mentors, Vic Hartfeld and Vernon Lewis. Now, without further ado, let's hear some more magic from Lloyd's dad. Welcome to Money Grows on Trees. Money does grow on trees. A podcast full of practical, real-life money lessons that you wish you learned in school. Lloyd is a former lawyer turned lifestyle entrepreneur. In each episode, he'll be answering the tough questions around money, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you transform your money mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Lloyd Ross. So you've probably had David David Bartlett um, mentor you a little bit, show you a different product to sell, so you could still use your sales and marketing skills, but you needed another product because insurance in those days, well, insurance is all but finished just about because it went into financial planning after that, didn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Insurance business today is a different business of what it was in the 80s and the 90s. I think for everyone too, though, we've got to tell them, we've got to tell them this, that in insurance, you'd, you'd write a policy, you get paid an upfront commission, so, $1,000 or something, was it? Well, depending on the size of the premium. Yep. And um, as to how much you, you then generated in, in, in an upfront commission. Okay. But insurance companies did change their model over a period of time, and they spread the commissions over a period of five years. Okay. So, they started changing, but in the earlier days, it was write the policy, get an upfront commission, plus get a trail. And a bonus. And a bonus. So, Dad built up, I think it was a trail book, a recurring income. This is residual income. An insurance product that's purchased every month, obviously, um, of, of half a million dollars, 1. was it? 1.5 million dollars of trial commissions. Wow. So you had banked in the pipeline 1.5 million in trial commissions that were coming in. Ongoing. This is back so in your late 20s, early 30s, right before yeah. you left the industry. Anyway, I just yeah. thought I'd touch on that because that, that's something we missed. But yeah. um, it just show, shows to prove people when they're trying to still build a business... It is also very powerful to build a business with a product that can be recurring in income, isn't it? Like, yeah. to be bought over and over again. Yeah. Uh, they're the best products, aren't they, really? Well, I think that's the product of the 21st century, businesses yeah, yeah, that yeah. can subscription business to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're back in property now. So Dad's gone <laughs> into a different industry, no experience um, in terms of the actual product arena, so to speak, in the marketing area, but had those skills. So... You started out with David, you had a JV going on, you built this property business and together, and you, 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 you had success, would you say, fairly quickly? Yeah, very quickly. And um, I found you know, my feet in the, in the property business really quickly, and I enjoyed it, and I liked it. And I, For the first time, I was actually not selling an intangible product, I was selling a tangible product uh-huh. that people could touch, feel, you know, walk inside, and, and you know, that was different for me, and it was very gratifying. Yeah, there's a lot of gratification in helping people into good quality uh, locations and good quality property uh, that they sometimes bought as a, a place to live of their own and sometimes they bought it as an investment. And so selling this, so, and at that point you um, 
you you really then wanted to kind of build your own business in property. Well, um, Max Christmas approached me and asked me if I'd spend a year working in his practice to evolve a new um, division of the Max Christmas group, which I ultimately did do that for 12 months and, and, and really took um, their business, their traditional residential um, business to also investment. But after the, a year, I said to Max, who was also a tremendous friend and, and tremendous uh, mentor, that I wanted to build my own property business, which he understood. Max was a uh, similar character and similar person in a lot of ways, and um, he understood that. So I then set out to build my own property investment planning practice, which uh, still exists today, thankfully. So that was 35, 30 years ago? Is that right? Yeah. Thirty years ago. So, <clears throat> so this is now the right re-rise of, of making another your next. This is this is rising from a fall, so to speak. So it's where Dad has, you know, lost it all effectively uh, in his thirties, and uh, and rebuilding, rebuilding his wealth, rebuilding his business in a new industry, um, and. And had and had success and, and and started off. I think you started off. Was it fifteen thousand dollars to kick the start the business yeah, off? It you know, because you had to get what, pay for an office lease a little yeah, bit, yeah. get some furniture, yep. get someone on the phones, trying to talk to people to canvas to get leads, and then get some clients effectively. Correct. So fifteen thousand. You start off with a friend, Kevin Brown from Kevin Insurance. Brown, yep. So you guys kicked off your property business together. Yeah. And uh, where do you in bundle? I think. In bundle. Yeah. And so, how did you go from that to then having a very successful uh, multi-million-dollar-a-year property uh, planning practice? I guess that um, you know, Max Christmas said to me, Lloyd, one of the things you, you'll find in the property business is one thing that doesn't change here on the Gold Coast. And, and I said, What's that, Max? And he said, People will always come here because of the climate, and people will become here because of the beaches and the lifestyle that the Gold Coast offers. So that stayed in my mind, and as I went about my business helping people with property investment strategies, um, you know, I, I remembered the things that I was taught by David Bartlett and the things that I was taught by Max Christmas, because you know they, they were guys that were significant in the property industry for so long, and um, you know they, they they had the experience, and 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 I didn't in the area of property, but certainly they did mentor me into the early days of my my property experiences and and I'll always thank them for that and they you know they took their time and 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 spent it with me and 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 helped me a lot so you really I think this point again we just got to bring up mentorship comes in every time you've learned from someone who's gone and done it before so you weren't trying to invent something new you were just modeling what was already going to work is that right well they'd made a success of the property industry on the Gold Coast in both residential sales and also investments Mm. and um, so I was really more enchanted with the investment side so I took my practice and and focused it into the investment side of of residential property. So marketing residential investment property in the Gold Coast. So how did you scale up? So you you, you start off with Kevin, you got $15,000, you get your startup going, get a few clients. How did you scale it to do 100 sales or more a year from that point? Well, In those early years, I really, at that point, wasn't really uh, wanting to build another team of people. So I wanted to really be at the coalface myself 
and, and I wanted to write the business myself and you know really like I did in the early days of my insurance practice mm. so initially um, I was just determined that I'd set a, a budget that we I would write a, about a hundred um, new sales per year and um, some some years that was achieved uh, and some years it was a lot more and uh, so you moved offices, you came into 50 Cavill Avenue, which is the, in those, well, still is really the preeminent uh, commercial office space in, in Service Paradise. It's just around the corner from where we're sitting on the 18th floor. And Dad was in there for, how long were you in there 16 for? Years. 16 years in there. And I remember going up and seeing him from school. And so i got to remember, I watched this unfold from up to down to back up. And I'm watching the whole time. So I'm watching, observing, watching, observing. Um, and you had tremendous, again, tremendous financial success of building and scaling that property investment planning business. Um, and now you, you're back, so to speak, in, you know, in, a, in, a, in a lifestyle of success again. So I think, uh, what happened there? So what are some of the things you did once you found success financially again? What did you? Well, I started to really you know, remember the, the, um, the things that um, caused me the grief in the, in the first instance. So as I built the property business, I made sure that uh, I crossed the T's and dotted the I's that that it wasn't ever going to happen to me again, and I would want to be in full control. Now, in the insurance business, the insurance companies were in full control, and uh, I thought I was in control, but I wasn't. Mm. In the property world, um, I was in complete control, and I would build relationships with building companies and developers, that is, land developers and building companies that actually build the houses and then package that land with that house with my marketing of and with the clients that I was sourcing and finding and that for many years has been a very proven formula particularly um, in this whole region of the Gold Coast because the populations continued to grow and our businesses continued to evolve and um, we've grown substantially in the property industry. So Having that success uh, in the early 2000s, so from 2000, 1999, yeah. 98, 99, yeah, probably 1997 really, 98. Yeah, 97. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, to say 2007, so good eight, nine year run. Uh, you had some tremendous success and, and uh, so you bought another red Porsche. I did. Another, <laughs> another red Porsche, 911. And then uh, moved back into a house, a nice, a nice bigger house, right? And uh, you know, at this point, dad's got four children going to schools, good schools, uh, paying school fees, um, you know, university like, and, and, and cars and you know, a lot of people to look after and there's, there's all those pressures that go with business when you've got a family to look after. And this has done this all from days, you know, ground zero uh, and, uh, and rebuilt it back up. So uh, I think, so, when you have the success, you bought a. What are some of the things you did with the money? Like, let's tell these guys are all about like we're, we're talking about money grows on trees, and so you've developed this great money tree. Yeah. And what did you do? Some tell us some of the cool stuff. Well, I think cool stuff was being able to afford for uh, you guys to be able to go to nice private schools, um, go to university, um, you know, take a gap year and go overseas and. And, and, and find your feet and you know a lot of things like that um, as a father um, they're important things 
the other things are just uh, material things that come up, come into play, you know, cars and homes and things like that. And, you know, holidays are pretty important as well. You know, families who play together stay together. And, uh, you know, that, that sort of has always been my greatest motivation, really, is to have a good quality life and, and uh, do the right thing by people and help people. And I'm in the help business, really, yeah. and always have been. And so at this point, uh, got a nice portfolio of properties, nice cars, houses, educated kids, uh, good lifestyle, great lifestyle, travel. And then in 2008, the GFC hits. Global financial crisis. The global financial crisis hits. <laughs> so it hits, hits and it hits everybody. And no one is, uh, no one's safe. It yeah. sideswipes the property market. Uh, the credit market runs on banks and bankruptcies in the United States and Australia, and this is 2008, 2009 probably it hit here. Well, so. yeah, it started to really bite in in 2010, 2010. And how did that affect things in terms of your business and everything like that? Well, a business is geared to do what it's doing, and then all of a sudden along comes a global financial crisis, and I mean, it caught everybody with their pants down. The President of the United States didn't even foreshadow a global financial crisis, let alone our Prime Minister here in, in Australia at the time. And, you know, a lot of businesses were in decimated and disappeared and never come back. And, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of wealth and uh, they, they lost a lot of things. And, and, you know, a lot of families came apart and some people, you know, they, they, their whole world just changed in a, in a course of a couple of years with the global financial crisis because it really did... It really did hit hard, and, and, and it really did hit hard. So what are some of the things that happened in your business, maybe regulation changes, or what are some of the things that happened that changed it, and how did you adapt to the changes? Well, the only constant thing with us in business is continuous change. And, um, you know, Australia is very overregulated in many areas. Um, you know, we are quite a small population compared to world standards. We've got three tiers of government. And each tier of government, you know, it has its responsibilities and it has its own legislation. And it's a constant process that's going on with both um, state governments and federal governments with regard to legislation and things like the Superannuation Act, uh, the amount of changes through that in any one year, uh, the accounting procedures, um, you know, a lot of things that keep happening in a business that you need to be ahead of the game, you know, there's a saying, be ahead of the posse. You know, you've got to be ahead of the game. But, you know, we, we are just individual people, you know, trying to build a very solid business, working with very difficult um, legislation at times. Um, they, you know, they can change the laws at any time and all of a sudden it has a great impact on any business, you know, particularly in the uh, areas of property and particularly in the areas of superannuation and particularly in the areas of retirement planning. I mean, the financial services industry right now, you know, it's, it's had been decimated. There's been thousands of financial planners leave the industry because of the regulation that's uh, been imposed upon them. And it really makes it difficult out there for the general public, like we as professionals doing what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, day in and day out, you know, God help the individual who's, who's out there trying to make their way in the world without that guidance and without that professional help. You know, today you really do need to have professional people helping you do the things that you want. 
because you know a lot of Australians are underfunded in, in superannuation and retirement and uh, you know I think retirement somewhat is um, you know I, I guess it's overrated in a lot of ways you know retirement planning people look forward to the day they retire and they look forward to the, the day that they can go and do the things that they want to do but you know sometimes that's not going to happen because you know they just didn't get the right advice or they didn't make the right decision because they were a bit nervous and you know I can understand why the public is nervous because of the changes that go on all the time by different governments I mean we're about to go into another election and you know the country's divided at the moment as to uh, you know what the outcome of that will be. I mean, and goodness knows what will happen with both sides of of, politi- uh, of politics, you know, in the next few short years. So, would you say that uh, being a business owner, you've got to be very uh, adaptive to change? You've got to be roll with the punches. You have to be. It's forever changing, whatever business you're in. Yeah, whatever it is. So how did you evolve with the online space? Because when you started in property, it was mainly talking to people on the telephone, um, face-to-face meetings in the office, and it's evolved and changed since then. So well, what are some of the things that have changed well, for I, you? I, I've got you to think of that because, you know, my business really for a long time was traditional in the sense of it, and um, I guess it had to be dragged out of the, the 20th century into the 21st century, and fortunately... Um, when you came along and joined me in the in the business, you could see that it was a clunky old business, for a better word, and that it had, <laughs> it had to change. When I came along, they didn't have that didn't have a website. Oh, this is we, we can probably do some upgrades here, but you know, I think it's also because you've got to be a bit careful who you take advice from in your business, because yeah. people can tell you all these things, but if they've got no experience or you don't have your intentions or good intentions, they can also bum steer you in the wrong direction. So when I came here. So I left my job. You read in my books how this happened, but I ended up working with Dad, and I always wanted to work with Dad because I wanted to learn from the best of the best when it came to, you know, well, I love my dad, but at the same, oh, I just was enchanted to work with him, and I loved it, and it was great, and it was, <laughs> I'd say, I said this, it was a baptism of fire because <laughs> came along and it was 2012, and the GFC just ran, run rampant across all industries here. The mining sector had collapsed, the Credit Act had changed, the Do Not Call Register had come into place. Uh, the online space had developed, just so many changes at once, it seemed. Just boom, 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 boom. And I thought, we came in here and thought, hey, we've, we've, got to, we've got to pivot. I remember having meetings together, and I said, well, let's pivot into recalibrating the business into an online, like a hybrid online in, inbound lead generation property planning sales business. Like there was lots of hoops yeah, yeah. to jump through oh, to do that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't easy. It was no. probably a seven, I would say, a seven-year journey from yeah, start to finish. It was, it was. And you know that's costly as well. Oh yeah. And um, you know, and, you, and when you're taking a business from one um, style style to yeah. another, you know, there, there's there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And, testing, and a lot of testing and, and mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I could see that you know I. Well, I, I, I trusted you and I, I trusted your vision and um, I could see that the world was changing fast as well and that if I didn't change and, and didn't uh, you know, evolve that I wouldn't be relevant in the property industry any longer and therefore I was prepared to make that investment and prepared to spend the time at it and having you there to do it and you know, lead the charge, that, that also you know, it gave me a lot of comfort. 
And if probably anybody else would have suggested it to me, I probably wouldn't have done it. But the goodness, thank goodness I did. Because, you know, even in the world of today, if, if the business wasn't online, I don't think the, the, my property business would be uh, around today, particularly with what's happened in the last couple of years with COVID. COVID, yeah. Oh, we couldn't even anticipate that. But I do remember thinking that, isn't it interesting though? Like it's it's also for me, it was giving me the, um, uh, not that I really asked permission, I thought, you know, here's some good ideas we could probably implement. Because it was all about teamwork. Like how do we get the business to a level of what it was prior to the GFC and succeed together as a team? And so I guess it was the old school teaching the new school on selling like dad taught me how to sell and 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 meet clients and market and lead generate all those stuff i got to learn on the coalface right in the in the best business degree in history i would say because there was many many things that happened all at once we won't go into the detail but it was very very stressful <laughs> so gnarly things going on when you're pivoting in a business lots of things happen so that was good for me but at the same time i think for dad too you get to as an older um business owner you do get to learn from the newer, newer like the younger generation because they have different ideas, visions, technology, skills. I have a lot of faith in the next generation and the generation after them. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at LloydJRoss.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at LloydJamesRoss.